can also just make life more and more simple and easy because your life is, is a matter of very few things not complicated anymore saying the ideal of the bhikkhu they've been the content with the four requisites practicing the Dhamma Vinaya you have very few things that you that are yours and you, you stay within your action and speech or you stay within the limits of the you try to use the Vinaya as as the form of action and speech to to say restrain ourselves to operate within those limitations not as a willful act or a way of suppressing but because actually as you free your mind from egotistical uh, habits and, and beliefs then it just naturally seems to be a very pleasant way to live being an armed mendicant uh, living on the, and then being practicing in this very pure way so that so that our lives are say uh, integrated into the society and the society begins to respond in a in a way that is uh, supportive and helpful uh, to maintain the, the summon within the uh, parameters of the life of, of Dhammarina Of course, the basic delusion is the is the self view, and and it's interesting to see how you know we this is uh, clear enough and easy enough to understand, but to actually uh, penetrate where the self arises and what is it, and uh, be able to to see it, see and know the, what the sense of oneself is, the the atta or the me and mine I am I am not and so forth there's a we people develop different upayas or skillful means to deal with it and uh, at first maybe we have to just more or less uh, uh, listen to our to the sense of ourselves uh, pay attention to the 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 i am not just not just uh, say that that is self and we shouldn't be uh, following such things but actually uh, um, listening making these uh, the sense of yourself something very conscious so you, you begin to to observe it uh, as a something coming and going in the mind. So uh, some of the monks now involved in various uh, kind of uh, therapeutic means of, of looking at the self where they, they have the, the king, warrior, monk, lover kind of uh, uh, Jungian uh, ways of investigating the self or there's various uh, I think two years ago some of us were reading this book about the uh, the eight uh, the the uh, Greek goddesses in the feminine and then the the feminine uh, the role of femininity the the mother the the love goddess the so Hera and Aphrodite and Athena there's many different role models and types of that are uh, say classic uh, uh, archetypes for women. So these, these things can be quite helpful because, in some ways, we we, we what we have many tools to try to understand uh, the what it is to be say a human being, what it is to have a, a male body with its particular energies and karmic results and what is like of the female body with its uh, particular energies and karma. 
because in investigating Dhamma, then we, then we are, say, looking, trying to understand that what is just the way it is and the karmic result, the vipaka kama of being born as a human, being born into a male form or a female form. And then what is the personality and the sense of ourself and ownership and that, that we build around these conditions. Because this is what we have, this is what has been born, in, uh, say, so many years ago, and it, it has these energies, these, these type of things uh, which are natural to it, that are, that are not something I'm creating, not something that I'm, that, uh, that I'm producing, it's just the result of uh, being born in, this, in the human realm. But how many human beings know the difference between the way it is, the, the karmic result, uh, and what, and the, the, the kind of projections and the, the, the things we create out of ignorance, out of avicca, onto these kind of experiences of having been conscious, having a, a physical body, having a, uh, being a, a man or woman being human. So and these different upayas are, are ways of, of beginning to get some perspective, but like archetypes, and these are or role models, these type of words. Yeah. Point two, they, a, a variety of, of tendencies or, or attitudes or karmic uh, Karmic vipakakama uh, of, of the human uh, experience. Or even astrology, we can look at in terms of whether we're born in Aries or Aquarius. And that sometimes, just contemplating things, uh, uh, you know, in terms of, of the astrological symbols. Uh, these, these are all, they can be ways of, of contemplating just the, the various forces and attitudes and tendencies of, of um, our human state. But then the real practice, uh, say, of developing the path is in learning to let go of, of, uh, of, of learning to, say, recognize that the, the way of, of being the, the kind of non-self, the emptiness, that pure state of being where the, there isn't a sense of a self, there is no king, warrior, monk, there's no Hera, Aphrodite, Athena. But where there, there is consciousness and there is uh, awareness, there is wisdom, there's intelligence, but there's no self. I mean, there's not before a sense of a self arises. <clears throat> and then, of course, we, we're getting to the, to the right into the very uh, bake uh, into the very heart of the, of, uh, of the problem. Uh, because uh, people tend to get caught up with these different uh, archetype uh, structures and with, uh, with astrological uh, identifications. They're always talking about, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm an, uh, an Aries and, or I'm an Aquarius and, uh, or you know, I'm I'm having problems with my warrior king or my Aphrodite Hara, or I'm an Athena type, or I'm a Demeter type woman, kind of thing. The, the I am can easily latch on to to uh, some way of explaining your, yourself and your tendencies through these symbols, and fair enough, but. To get beyond that, 
say, is to, is to begin to recognize the place where it all began. And this is very clearly what the Buddha was, is pointing to in his teaching. It's the, in the Four Noble Truths, pointing to uh, giving a, a skillful means, it's on his own upaya, to direct the human attention toward that which is deathless, pure, non-self, non-personal, and can be realized within the uh, limits and, and uh, problems and tendencies of the human condition. So that that is the that is the the like the the second and third noble truths, the origin and the cessation. Then you're we're pointing to say the, say the, the great uh, the, the universal or the the uh, it's the macrocosmic paradigm the condition the condition and the unconditioned. There is an escape from the condition, there is the unconditioned, or there is escape from the conditioned self, from the suffering that we create around our ignorance and attachment to self, because there is a not-self, there is anatta. Then the other on grasping and non-grasping, saying to, to, to contemplate, and begin to see what grasping is, and to realize non-grasping. That, quote, etang amatang anupada jidasa That is the deathless. That is to say the release of the heart through non-attachment, through non-clinging. But developing skillful means is also important into, it's because sometimes we can easily fool ourselves and, and uh, think we understand more than we really do or uh, we do sometimes and don't at others. And there's a lot of uh, self-view, some, some parts of ourselves, the conditioned attitudes and reactions that we'd love to relinquish and get rid of. And there's other parts of us that we want to keep. Certain things we, we like and they're very attached to and, and uh, aren't quite ready to, to give that up. And there are other habits and that we'd love to just, if we could just get rid of them forever, we'd be delighted. So these skillful means are also, uh, you know, encouraged to do to develop uh, a way of, like, that, that you can bring into your consciousness, bring up into conscious awareness, say, uh, the various uh, conditions of, of uh, say, various passions or delusions that you have. The, the, ten, the the tendencies, uh, the, the, ha the habit tendencies, or the fears, a lot of the fears or anxieties, uh, and uh, even the, the kind of subtleties of just boredom and, and uh, just sadness or loneliness, to find skillful means that, that these are experienced fully and consciously, so that you can, you begin to see them uh, in in that way of, of seeing them as a as a mental object rather than 
letting those those kind of things uh, subtly influence how you perceive yourself in the world and your practice. So something like loneliness, which is a fairly uh, you know common problem, but yet sometimes not talked about very much. You're not really admitted yeah, within one's own uh, consciousness. We might, you know, we can, you know, we might want to admit it to ourselves, even. because we can, we can distract ourselves endlessly with, uh, with things that uh, occupy the mind. And it's when when you you're letting go. Say in monastic life, it's this move towards simplicity is where your the distract, ability to distract yourself uh, easily is is, uh, is limited. It's not so so easy to, to distract yourself. The same as it is uh, when you're just living life at home with all the uh, uh, things around you that that modern society uses for distraction. But loneliness is, uh, and also to see, just to begin to, to, to uh, say, recognize loneliness, a sense of I am alone, or fear of being left alone, unwanted, unloved. This kind of thing is uh, just by by thinking it out, by by bringing it into say, uh, your awareness. At least you you find out if there's any if it resonates as being any anything that that might that you can that might be influencing uh, your attitude towards yourself and the world around you, or sadness. This kind of is a kind of sadness to life anyway, a pathos. All that is mine, beloved and pleasing, will become otherwise, will become separated from me. We, we reflect on that. There's a sadness. That, like we went to this uh, cremation today. Everybody, you could see that the family were all kind of stiff upper lips, putting on the, the socially presentable face for the occasion, but they were certainly, you know, holding back with sadness and the, the grief of a loss of a, of a loved one. And we can take these things in a very personal way, like, like there's something wrong with us for feeling lonely or sad, that this is a, like some personal fault. Or we, we, we can, uh, you know, in modern, uh, some of the modern attitudes are that we should be happy all the time, that if we're normally normal, well-adjusted uh, human beings, then our life is just a kind of a, a one a kind of happy moment after another. But uh, on reflection, life, say, in the human realm is not like that. It's not, sometimes it is happening, sometimes it isn't. And then, uh, say, just like uh, uh, sexual energies. These are uh, seen in very much a, a way of, uh, in, interpreted in personal ways, and yet these are very much a part of the vipaka kama, of, of being born in a male or female body. It's the, the basic instincts and the, the uh, and sexual desire, these kind of things are very much uh, uh, to be seen in terms of say, to, to, to begin to see how much you identify, how much you you consider those things as uh, problems for yourself or or your or how you you fear or dread being living in celibate life with, with these kind of energies or how fascinated one can be by by uh, things like this. So that in consciousness you're actually noticing how your, your own emotional uh, feelings of attraction or aversion or fear or that too, the, the energies of your body and mind. 
So that like consciousness then using this vijnana, tanda, as a, as a, as a, like a way to, when you allow something into consciousness, then you can reflect upon it. Because you, you can then see it, you can, you can recognize it, you can feel it, you can, you can contemplate it as Dhamma rather than just be caught in your reaction to it. Because, for example, if you're in a celibate community, uh, and, uh, and then, uh, then one feels uh, sexual impulses arising in different ways. Well, some people just terribly terrified of it, and just suppress and deny. And others, uh, they might try to enjoy just the, you know, the, to the, to the place of where distracting or fantasy life. Like this, so there's different tendencies at different times in one's life. And, but the, to, and to see how one, uh, one identifies with this. When the one, you know, you, the sense of yourself is, is aligned with this particular feeling. And how we, we can see ourselves in, we can be quite puritanical, we can see ourselves as, as being kind of dirty or, or, or impure, or we can, uh, we can, uh, we can take the sound that we should be able to integrate sexual energy so that it goes up from the lower chakras to the higher ones. They try to, try to figure out how to do that one. Or something like like uh, aversion and anger, uh, hatred. There's a lot like Vipavadanha, and you know this desire to get rid of and destroy things that we don't like, uh, resentment, bitterness. Uh, on on you know a lot of this it, it lies within our you know subconscious that you know, these tendencies kind of. Uh, can be very kind of under the surface of a lot of our behavior. And so in right practice then is, if we're practicing the right way, then we're, we're allowing a lot of the, least, we're allowing these things into consciousness. They were, before we, maybe we have a whole way of, of just trying to push them down, get rid of them deny them, or just not let them into consciousness. We have like what they call in psychology defense mechanisms. We develop a way of just, when something gets close into, gets towards uh, becoming a conscious experience of, of, of just uh, deflecting it, turning away, ignoring, running away from, from that. We can't bear it, or we, we, we've developed those kind of mechanisms uh, just to survive, maybe, because we, we don't know how to deal with maybe grief or despair or fear, our desire. So we, we have this uh, developed ways of, of uh, surviving within the situations that we, we uh, live in. But in Sangha life, the opportunity then is to open the door, the, the lid to the Pandora box, let all the things out. Because they say in the, if the song is healthy, then, you know, with it, even though the conformity lies in, in, the, in the discipline and in the, the, uh, the con external convention, the freedom lies within the mind itself. Because then you, we're not trying to, to uh, act roles or try to make ourselves into little Buddhas or Bodhisattvas. We're not trying to, to remodel 
to to mate and and and, uh, and act out these roles and become anything. So it doesn't work. Monastic life is a is a great disappointment if if we you know we're intent on trying to act like uh, role or you know ideal bhikkhus and and uh, saints and bodhisattvas and act like Buddhas and, and try to you know sit so we're looking like we're we're peaceful and calm like a Buddha Rupa and we're but in the process we're we're maybe inside there's all kinds of resentment and bitterness and and fears and and desires that that are being suppressed and not allowed and, and rejected and then then of course through that suppression what happens is that we it comes out in other ways and it leaks out in in ways that are quite harmful and and divisive and and uh, hurtful to ourselves and others So in the meditation, sometimes it's taught too much on the samadhi level of sitting down, concentrating your mind, and uh, and I think we all like that. We all like tranquility, and and not have to deal with. We'd like to maybe just push down all the unpleasantness of our lives and go into a nice state of tranquil bliss. And, and then we. And uh, you can see people doing that. It's uh, a way of of, of uh, suppressing, because uh, if you develop a strong mind and and a lot of concentration, then one can uh, do that quite well. And then uh, and then find oneself, you know, quite all right under controlled conditions, but quite unable to cope with many of the experiences, difficulties that life presents us with. So maybe we, we become addicted or conditioned to particular environments. We have to have, we have to have retreat situations or special conditions or, or guards and, and uh, uh, that's in order to, say, allow this depression to, to uh, be carried on and not be confronted with things that that uh, they disturb or bring up these unresolved emotions. So, in, what I recommend is, uh, uh, for one thing, some people uh, get fascinated by themselves and they endlessly like to to create uh, think that there's endless difficulties and unresolved emotions that they have to uh, come to terms with so, so we can sit here this evening and they hinder from really you know underneath the surface there's a lot of resentment I wonder if uh, you know I've got to I've got to uh, solve this problem of uh, of uh, resentment or I have an authority problem. I resent authority, and so I've got to learn how to resolve this authority problem. And and then maybe, but say, one can make a make a problem about this. We can we can sit here and we can we can uh, imagine all kinds of uh, of problems that that uh, are that we might be that we could have and unresolved and repressed emotion. But the thing to trust is what is happening right now, not, not, uh, not to perceive yourself, believe the perception of yourself as somebody that, that has the problems with authority, but to be able to, to, uh, to begin to, to be more direct than that by recognizing the, the idea that you are somebody with a problem. Or if you find, you know, certain things coming up in your mind that, uh, in the, in the, that are, like, things, certain emotions, certain messages are coming up in your consciousness or 
that becoming obsessive thoughts or fears and that that is the time to to really uh, observe and, and put them in the context to, to to allow them to let them be conscious and to to really uh, learn how to recognize them as just what they they are in the present. They're like this. And then one can also see the, the tendency to identify or to, to make it into something more than what it is. We can call it working on ourselves. Then, then it then it becomes even more like a, a kind of I've got a self I've got to work on, or I've got to work out relationships. But, but one can even be aware of this: this feeling that I'm somebody that has that has problems. That kind of that kind of, and I've got to do something, or I've got to develop upayas, a skillful means to deal with. Uh, with my lust or my anger. Because as we, we think this out, this sense of me and mine, uh, that, that I am somebody who needs to practice meditation in order to get enlightened, that in itself is another condition of the mind. That if, we, if, if that's the, what we are coming from, then we still end up with despair as a result. So that's why in, in practice, why I emphasize so much the, this, this, uh, this basic knowledge, profound insight knowledge into to what is the state of the mind when there's no non-clinging and no self and, when, and what the self is. What it feels like to become somebody and what it's like to not be anything. So that's why on this retreat, emphasizing the the uh, the the, uh, the silence, as uh, learning how to say relax into silence, and, and to, to the sense of relaxation is like letting go of everything. And it's, it's the that is the deathless, the letting go, non-attachment. So starting out, not starting out with with, uh, with the sense of myself having to do this, but recognizing this the sense of relaxing and and just being, uh, listening to the sound of silence and and learning to relax and and let go of things, just resting in that and with the breath, with the anapanasati, more helpful I think to learn how to. To, to learn how to relax with breathing rather than to concentrate on your breath. Because actually when you're relaxed, then you can concentrate much better than when you're trying to concentrate from a deluded mental state. Well, this is this 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 attitude then is to be encouraged and to 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 begin to contemplate that state where 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 there is a sense of well the, of being relaxed and at ease and just resting, where where you're not trying to get anything, get rid of anything, you're not trying to solve a problem, get enlightened, get your samadhi, get rid of your defilement, work out your relationships. Uh, Initially, contemplate the problems you have with authority and so forth, and, and where, you, where you become involved. But to recognize that, that, that very basic emptiness that is uh, now, and to 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 learn, to contemplate that, because you can start, you begin to notice, and and you can you can reflect on it. 
reflective thought isn't thought out of ignorance, isn't a, isn't a bijabhadya sankara, which is the, the, the prolifer, conceptual proliferating tendencies of the mind to just think, think, think. But it's using thought to, to pay attention. What is it like? Like self-inquiry. What is it like? Is, is there a sense of myself now? When I'm, when I'm resting in this silence of my mind, Am I anything? And you kind of listen. And I honestly can't see where there's anybody there. I mean, as a person, there's consciousness, and there's the body's here, and there's conscious, but, but there's, there's not a, a sense of me as a person. And so you, you're you're, but you need to 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 investigate that to be so you really trust in that you you have a kind of knowledge uh, insight direct insight and, and you're and you're not just uh, trying to imagine a state or that you're just uh, trying to believe in in a, in, a, in that there's no no self. But it's like, like uh, Venerable Sinito's example the other day in the tree with Ruth Dennison and the Zen master it's about the tree. What do you know? How do you know it's there? And he, so in this, this kind of self-inquiry, you, you're asking, you know, is there a self there? And there's just this attention and resting in this land. Is there a, is there a person? That's why it's consciousness. Consciousness is a, this is the result of birth. This is vipaka karma. It's not personal. Body is uh, it's it's born. It's it's following its karma from birth to death. So it's, but it's not personal either. It's just what it is. And then maybe you begin to see, you get some reference to, or begin some perspective on what the self is, like I am the body, or I am the consciousness, or the sense of myself arises in that it, it can rise up. And you, you begin to, to recognize, when, I, when you start thinking about what am I doing, or doubting, or what, what's this all about, or should I or shouldn't I, should I... Did I do body sweeping or unapologetically? <laughs> and if you keep investigating like this, then it becomes very clear what is the the sakayaditi personality view and the assumptions of the self of the I am in the body. Well, there's kind of subtleties of conceit or self-view, the ditty, the, the manaditi of that uh, is, is it oftentimes is, is never seen. It's not like it's not a personality, but a, a kind of underlying assumption that comes out of ignorance. That is, uh, it, because it is asking us to rest, to, to relax, and to pay attention. And even though that sounds very nice, isn't it? We don't like to relax and pay attention. But, but we have all these kind of uh, uh, habits that we have to learn to be patient with. And, and to get so restless and get so... Uh, uh, doubting and, and uh, to deal with with, uh, with with a lot of doubt about it all and, and uh, restless feelings and and just the the anxiety and that uh, worrying tendencies habit that we uh, are so used to so easily taken over so easily locked into. 
in contemplating the teachings of the Buddha, the, the Four Noble Truths, and then the is Patita uh, Samuppada is very uh, helpful in order to understand the, the process intellectually to, to have a structure to use to contemplate with. So the Patita Samuppada, of course, is a, is, a, is, a, is a structure for that we can contemplate and uh, help to, to clarify to understand uh, and be able to, to have a common language and vocabulary about the, uh, the Dhamma or the way things are. So when you begin to understand more clearly and, and have the insight, then you realize the whole kind of uh, Tradition itself, is, uh, in the Dhamma Vinaya, is uh, something quite, uh, um, it's quite marvelous uh, thing in itself. The teachings and the and the uh, how it works together to to uh, help and to support mindfulness, things like seeing things in a clear way. And of course, what you're doing is, you're, like we were talking this morning with the rule of monks about the tendency towards the kind of elitist attitudes or, or uh, ways that, that religious groups uh, can easily uh, kind of grasp their own kind of, uh, you know, the idea that they're, they're uh, somehow the right way or our way we're doing it is somehow the best way, or better than somebody else's, or, or that we could even say we're the elite group because we're practicing the true Dhamma, or something like this, or the pure, or, or we're practicing somehow that we're the real practices of non-attachment. <laughs> but, of course, <laughs> but of course, if you're mindful, you, you can hear any of that kind of... Uh, uh, ego, grasping, purity, or uh, traditions, or idea of uh, our group, it becomes very, you know, silent and, and loud in your consciousness. In the, minute, minute, in the minute you start hearing yourself kind of uh, thinking those kind of thoughts. Because uh, the self is, uh, the self is supported on those kind of illusions of being better, worse, or the same. Jesus said, even the, even the view that I am just the same as everyone else is still a view. He's pointing to views, not to uh, whether they're good views or bad views, or fair views or unfair views, or right views or wrong views. These are views, and though a view is a view, and attachment to a view. So this is, this is why the, the path is of mindfulness rather than, say, of reason and logic. Why, why the, the mindfulness is the path to the death. Then is the, that's the mind's ability to intuit uh, awareness, intuitive awareness, reflection, contemplation, which is then then the then the self, the, the attachment to forms and and conventions, the the doubting tendencies, doubting habits of the, the of the thinking mind can be observed. They can be 
know, you get in, you know, insight. You, you know this is what this is. It no longer has any, any. Uh, you've taken away its power to delude and take you over and blind you and get you caught up in the old habit. But then in the life we we sometimes uh, can do this, sometimes we fail. But we always start again. There's a willingness to, you know, we're not even asking to be successful. We're not, uh, we're not trying to, to uh, grasping our idea of, of being able to do this all the time. We're just learning how to, to trust and open, watch and listen more and more. And then when being able to, say, in daily life, when one did, does get caught up in the things, to, to, to realize that there you know, is a point where you know that you're, you're getting caught up into something. You're, you're kind of lost in, in some kind of position or idea or, or mood. But that, that there is that, that uh, point of awareness. It's only real, you know, I'm, I'm really getting caught up. Yeah. I've lost it. That kind of feeling. Yeah. And you're not just saying, being caught up into it anymore. At that moment, you've actually, there's a, there is a, um, you're aware of it. So, I mean, it's, then we can start anew. It's always, that's, that's the sign to, to begin again, to where the, the, you have a, you, you, you're no longer thinking in terms of, of gain and loss, but more just in being patient and, and learning how to, to, to develop this mindfulness wisdom within the, the, the uh, conventions and situations of our life. with the people that we're living with, with the climate, with the culture, with whatever. Like stopping the, the film projector. Well, certainly you've got this kind of movie going on. You know, it looks getting getting caught in being interested in this in this uh, show. When you stop stop the projection, and you just see it as a kind of petrified, just a still. You know, suddenly the the drama just uh, stops. And there's one one picture. So like uh, um, um, when you, that moment of recollection, like getting caught up, is like stopping the, the movie projector. It's only just see, it's just a, it is, it's just a celluloid, shadows on a screen. But it, if, you, if you believe in it, you start the projector going, and it looks quite real. Like with uh, cinema, can't you? You can, it can make you cry, it can make you laugh, make you happy, it can terrify you, and bore you. <laughs> but our emotions definitely played on in, in, the, in, the, in the theater, or in the, on the stage, or in the cinema hall. And this is just triggering off the, the, the emotions of, uh, that we have as human beings. That you can also see in the, in those moments that there, that there's something that that there's aware of that there's an awareness behind. I mean, the more you you develop and use mindfulness, and even while watching a a movie, you know, you're aware of of the, the just the kind of reactions of say say some particular scene that brings the tears to your eyes or something like this. 
you're aware, that which is aware of that, rather than lost or just uh, caught up in the, in the momentum of that emotion. So that's why it's not important to, to try to, to control your emotions as to be able to, to uh, contemplate them like uh, that feeling, like feeling of rapture or of, of uh, grief or sorrow or despair or whatever emotions we're experiencing, not to, to try to control and to suppress uh, or, or, or identify oneself with them, but to in that awareness of them. They're like this. It feels like this. And that, that point, that, that ability to just listen and pay attention and to accept what you're feeling. It's just that willingness to embrace or to fully be with, with what you are feeling and, and, but in a way that is, is, uh, is not attacked, not, not, not identified. That's why to, to, uh, that, that once you realize that, that kind of purity of the mind, the silence of the mind, then, then you have, then there is a, uh, a refuge there that, that one can see clearly that all that is subject to arising is subject to ceasing. All dhamma is, is, not, is not personal anymore. We're not seen in terms of separate souls and cells and, and the way the, the division that comes to the conditioning of the mind. So seems, you know, to me over all these years that I've been a monk, the sense that this is like it is some kind of a radio or some kind of sensitive instrument. It's certainly not itself. It's more like some, an instrument in the universe that's conscious, and that, uh, and when we when we see it in terms of what it, what it really is. Then it's, it's not personal. It's not. We can't. We can't find that because that's the way it is. But we can very much get into perspective what we think, what we feel. We are the habits, the emotions, the the desires, the fears that that are that can that do we 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 experience in conscious to consciousness. We can. There is the ability to to see those in terms of dhamma, what arises, ceases, and is not self. So then it is inevitable. What can you say? The words fail. But you don't need to. As I said, you don't need to 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 see yourself. Just see what's not yourself. Light, they looking for the light. Being awake is light. You don't have to try to find light. Just wake up, and that's light. You're going around looking for light. Jewish family, 
Jewish background and brought up in a kind of atheistic style and became devout uh, Catholic. This is considered the kind of Catholic uh, philosopher or saint or he never actually joined the church. You can, he never got, ever was baptized. But, but uh, very interesting kind of a brilliant mind, very eccentric person. But one of her paraphrase, what quote I'm thinking of is that uh, she was saying about herself, she, she couldn't imagine why any, you know, why anyone should, should love her and why uh, she should be someone that, that people should attach to or, or respect or want or appreciate at all. Uh, she would think even that would be a very foolish thing to do if anybody wanted to do it. But she felt that, that what she could do was to say, what she sees herself is that, that it's through her mind, that in the Christian terms, of, that, that God can see the universe, can get the perspective on life from this particular formation, if I just get myself out of the way. Well, I thought that was a lovely kind of, of uh, reflection. Just get the self out of the way, get yourself out of the way, and then, then that allows God to appreciate the, to see you. From this particular angle, unique angle, it's here and now this perspective. And so in, in the in the Buddha Dhamma, in the aim to to let the self go, to not, not create this, this these these images, these shadows, these walls, uh, personalities and all that that keep keep uh, clouding over consciousness. So that clarity is, is not is not uh, a part of our life, and really uh, caught in a process of thinking and, and reacting, and, and kind of stuck in this in these cycles. So, then meditation is the ability to is the way out of that to break those habits and to to realize that the true the, the basic purity that's always present, but which we forget, which we we don't notice when we're caught up with the sense of ourselves, our egos, our, our habits, our ignorance. began. How did it all begin? What's the point of it? Still my mind boggles at that question. But I do know that, that to say on the planet Earth, you know, from just the experience, sensual experience, the, the beauties of form and color and light and darkness and, and the, uh, there's, there's so much beauty surrounding us part of our sensual experience. We have senses to, to uh, be able to, to see this or to hear this, these beautiful objects. So maybe if we get the self out of the way, then God can appreciate the beautiful flowers he created. Interesting reflection, though, isn't it? I mean, whether you believe in God or not, it's still what the point of it is, isn't it? Let, getting this this illusion out of the conscious, out of to be able to let go, allow consciousness to operate from uh, from the purity 
from, from the non, from not conditioning it, not out, out of ignorance, not keep clouding it up with, with oneself and one's fear and desire. So that there is this, this, this purity, this natural purity and clarity and light that is, uh, and, and then consciousness is, is like a, a gift or, uh, it's love, it's, it's, uh, it's real. Not, not consciousness itself, but it's a vehicle for that. So, also remember that consciousness is, the Buddha is, is, is informing consciousness, is, is training, is cultivating wisdom with consciousness. They say the Bhutuchana, or the unawakened, unenlightened human being, is conscious, but the consciousness is, is, is uh, clouded with ignorance. There is a vicha, bhajaya, sankara, sankara, bhajaya, vijnana, consciousness. So, that is, so the human consciousness is continuously under this cloud of delusion. But there is a way out of that is a hum- within the human uh, experience. And so this, the Buddha gave these teachings, that these teachings are wisdom teachings, and they're, 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 they're teachings that, that point the direction to where we see what the causes of this suffering are. And, and then to, once we see it, then we relinquish, we let go of the causes of this suffering that we create onto life. So I offer this for your reflection.